0: action pack awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you gotta do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now comic Palooza 2016 is almost here I comic Palooza there are literally thousands of hours of programming. You'll see your favorite celebrities, comic book creators, and authors. Special celebrity events at this year's Comic Palooza include a cast reunion of the classic 1986 sci fi horror favorite Aliens, featuring Sigourney Weaver and more. Also, the cast of the Boondock Saints will be in attendance, including Sean Patrick Flannery and, of course, Walking Dead star Norman Reedus. Other celebrity guests include Underworld star Kate Beckinsale, Lenny James from The Walking Dead, wrestling superstar rick Flair, Comic book legends John Ostrander and Adam Kubert, and of course, me, Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Band and Podcaster Extraordinaire. Be sure to follow Comic Palooza on social media on Twitter at Comic Palooza, Instagram at Houston Comic Palooza, and like us on Facebook. Don't miss Comic Palooza 2016 at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas, June 17th through June 19th. Get your passes today. Head over to www.comicpalooza.com for all the details.
1: Hey, I'm Liz. I'm Heather, and we
2: are doing another classic movie review this week. Uh, this time, it is the Boondock Saints. In preparation for Comic Palooza 2016,
1: yep, it's going to be very exciting. We got to see a lot of uh, Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery. so we'll see them at uh, Comic Palooza. And now, let's listen to the movie review.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hit that music. This is our very first episode that we have ever recorded using Skype. Um, We usually meet up in person uh, to do our podcasting at our studio, but uh, for time's sake and reasoning, we just uh, decided we would give Skype a shout and try just to see uh, how it works. So what do you think so far?
1: Well, so far it seems to work. Uh, we we um, mostly wanted to give it a try because we wanted to get this uh, episode out before Comic Palooza. Mm-hmm. So um, normally we have just like with book club and with uh, classic movie reviews, they are usually much more further and far apart. We normally don't do two in a row like we're doing this time. But uh, the reason why we wanted to do it is because there's two movie re- uh, reunions at Comic Palooza coming up, and A uh, Boondock Saints is one of them.
2: Yes, and we're super excited about that. And if you are interested in Comic Palooza, it is here in Houston at the Georgia Brown Convention Center, June seventeenth through nineteenth.
1: Oh, and and if you're, should, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I no. <laughs> I wanted to tell everybody about um, the uh, panel we're going to be doing yes. with um, some other Houston uh, female podcasters called Women in Podcasting on Friday. The uh, is that the seventeenth?
2: It's the seventeenth. Yes.
1: At two thirty p.m. And uh, you've probably heard us talk about. Uh, uh, sarah and cassie's nerdy adventure cassie's been on the show a couple times several times actually and um so it's their panel and they've invited us to come up and talk with them as well as some others um that uh, you'll all get to meet it will be fun
2: yeah it'll be great because we're gonna be talking about being women in podcasting but also how to start your own podcast if you are cool and want to join the cool cl- cool kids club so
1: yeah, and what's nice about <laughs> testing out the Skype call before we have it now, when we can uh, talk about something other than sitting around a studio table, uh, <laughs> other <laughs> options that people have out there. So uh, very true. We'll, we'll have a discussion about that. So, but again, this is our classic movie review episode, and um, it's a little—it's a little early. Normally, with Space mount at least a month. But <laughs> uh, Boondock Saints, yes. Yeah, and,
2: and this was the this was actually the first time I'd ever actually seen it. Had you seen it before, Heather?
1: I had not. There was when it came out. Um, it was like a year after Columbine,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I was in Utah, and I think that there was. I think it
2: came out like five weeks after.
1: Oh, I thought it came it out really
2: close. It was really close. Oh, okay. According I to Wikipedia, anyway. I
1: remember, um, I don't remember it being in theaters, and the Utah theaters had a tendency to like cut crap out of uh, if they didn't want you to watch it because of some reason or another, uh, they would they would have pulled it. And I
2: think that in general, though, because it happened so close to Columbine, I don't think it stayed in theaters long.
1: Yeah, yeah, It it, it is a cool movie. And it's really unfortunate that that happened mm-hmm. at the same time. But there is a big difference here between Columbine and what the uh, right the, what the McManus brothers did I think that uh, you but there you know it does open up a society and uh, what we accept you know right. I'm obviously a big Batman fan so clearly I have some vigilante uh, issues that but I- if
2: you saw an actual vigilante like let's say we have somebody in Houston who just starts doing this kind of stuff would you be on their side do you know
1: I probably would not
2: yeah, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. I think they were a bunch of freaks.
1: Yeah, but there is something interesting, and I don't know if it's um, just kind of uh, seeing the growth of the vigilante uh, in, in these in these particulars. Um, you know, this one was written and directed by Troy Duffy, and it almost re- feels like some dudes are sitting around a bar, and they'd be like, you know what, make a great movie. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just... Uh, and it kind of has that fun feel to it, even though it does have a really deep underlying theme.
2: Well, it does. And it I actually uh, was reading up a little bit on it. And I think he said that this was based on sort of true events. Or maybe there was some sort of uh, precipitant that like in real life that set well, this off.
1: Yeah, so. it was. It was in Boston. And so there is, you know, it's notorious for uh uh, these crimes and that was mm-hmm. the departed a few years back was about based on that. And they, you know, um, similar, similar stories. There's a lot, there's a lot of um, organized crime where or there was in the past. Right. And um, that's why I was really kind of surprised at the very beginning of it where they were like hanging out and they, you know, these guys are Irish guys and they're hanging out with the a guy that works in the Ital- Italian um, mob syndicate. Mm-hmm. And they're just like the best of friends. And I thought, Oh, well, I guess not everybody hates each other, so it's, you know. Well,
2: it, it seemed more like they maybe, I mean, they don't really go into the background, but maybe they, like, grew up together or what. You know, don't, you never know. Yeah.
1: So, so um, now, you watched the unrated cut recently.
2: I did, but I think what you have must also be the unrated cut. Because, okay, backstory, uh, Heather and I actually got together a couple of weeks weekends ago to watch this movie together. I, unfortunately, got, like, really sick, so I was in and out <laughs> throughout the movie and we had to put off
1: doing podcasting. It was like I want to die during the movie. It was, yeah, it was down. really bad. I, I
2: actually ended up in the hospital. So <laughs> it was really, really not that great. Um, so this morning I decided I was going to watch it again just to make sure I didn't miss anything big. Mm-hmm. Um, and amazingly enough, I, I, I caught all of it. So that's pretty good. I think for not feeling that great. Um, but yeah, it was it was listed as an unrated version, but it wasn't any different than what you and I watched. Well,
1: you know so. what what uh, me and Liz watched is really funny because it was it was like the first DVD ever. I don't know like if it was the first one that came off the little Sony machine or not, but like the whole thing was advertising that at the beginning of it it was like, "Watch DVDs. Look at this. Look at the quality." Difference. Look at the uh the DVD menus and there was a the 3D effect on the menus and you can go to special <laughs> features and I was like, "Are you? Te- you don't have to <laughs> rewind." <laughs> you, it's like you're teaching me how to use a DVD. It's what it's you know tell me and so I was like, and my husband has quite the collection and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he you know it is fresh off the
2: uh, right scene. fresh off the line there.
1: Yeah, so it was it was kind of funny because I was laughing um, when I, I rewatched it. And watch some of the special features and I was like, Oh yeah, this is uh this is definitely an old, old D V D. It was. It was in a weird like frame rate. We had to kinda zoom in to get it yeah. to feel up on a regular Well
2: it was a uh, it was like letterbox, but I mean it was yeah. little. It
1: was It was just tiny. We had to zoom. I mean I was there was no option. I had to I
2: had the same issue with my uh Ghost in the Darkness D V D. Yes, it's you would like a tiny box. yeah, uh-huh. so. very old. Mm -hmm. Side note, do you remember, like, the first DVD you ever bought? I do.
1: Mine was The Matrix.
2: Mine was What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams. That was good. That was a good one. That was the one where we were, like, selling. I mean, you would have thought that we were getting commission on selling DVD players. Because anytime anyone would come over, it was like, look at this. This is amazing. Look at the colors.
1: You kind of do that now with all your neat stuff. I do. Yeah. The Blu-ray and all the fun stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. You got to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, they just don't pay you a commission like they totally should.
1: I, I know. But you know what? If you like something, you don't need a commission. <laughs>
2: you don't need one, but it's nice if you get one.
1: Uh-huh. So, Okay. Did we talk about this Say that Troy Duffy wrote this and directed yes. it? Okay. Yes. And, um, he really hasn't done much else since then. I think he did the sequel and then he kind of just disappeared.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever heard of him. So, so
1: but uh, so these uh, McManus brothers are tw- twins from Ireland living in Boston.
2: And did you get that, like, when we were really watching
1: it? I didn't get that. They were twins? Yeah, I didn't get that. No. I I mean, I thought they were brothers, but... Yeah.
2: I knew they were brothers. I just didn't know they were twins. And I would also say that other than their, like, like, being called the McManus brothers, mm -hmm. I don't remember them actually saying their names. I had to go look them up.
1: I had to look them up, too. But then today I watched the special features, Mm -hmm. um, and it was all over that. Like, uh, they had a conversation with their mom. Which was funny, but they were, and she was like, I carried you both in my, uh, at the same time in my thing, uh, lost my girlish figure, and uh-huh. like, you know, I can tuck my boobs into my shoes and stuff like That's that.
2: That's a problem with digital downloads.
1: There's no special features. Or it's <laughs> at the very, very end. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you have to, you sit through all the credits and everything and watch them, and there's no like uh, segmentation. It just keeps going. Mm-hmm. So it's a little weird. It's a little weird to figure out how long your movie is, too.
2: Yeah, so I didn't I didn't get that. I did have to look it up. Yeah. So we have Connor McManus, who is Sean Patrick Flannery, mm-hmm. and then Murphy McManus, which is Norman Reedus, who is now on The Walking Dead, and both of these two hotties will be
1: at Comic Palooza next weekend. Now, is Norman uh, Reedus really hot anymore?
2: I don't think so, but he was kind of hot then.
1: I and it was funny when I
2: first saw them because, you know, my sister has been obsessed with this movie, right? Mm. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're going to see the brothers. You've got to go watch the movie. It's amazing. And the first time we watched it, I was like, eh, I mean, they're all right. But the, watching it again, like I found them both more attractive the second time around. So,
1: yeah, I did too. Oh, and, and on the, in the special features, that whole scene where he, they were talking to their mom on the phone completely naked. <laughs> there was no full frontal or anything, but there was full backle.
2: <laughs> now i'm
1: gonna have to come over and watch <laughs> the special features i was like hello <laughs> wow so yeah but um in fact the there was like three scenes in the special features that i was like i really wish this was in the movie so yeah but you know what happens they crop those things down
2: well you've got to to meet the time frame
1: so uh you know and the though um both um norman uh or murphy mcmanus and connor mcmanus they kind of were just like the same characters, and you really can't even like pick same them apart. Yeah. yeah, they are just so much the same thing, same person. Yeah, and uh, you know, they and they were crazy smart too about knowing all these languages, and they chat with each other in all these languages. That was kind of cool because it was like, and you work in a meat packing plant, and that's right. kind of <laughs> what Willem Defoe said to him at you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, let's talk about yes. Oh, so.
1: holy I, crap! Yeah, so. Um, when you first see him in the movie, okay, he comes out and they're playing like, this awesome, like, rock star music when he gets out of the cop car and walks up to mm-hmm. that scene. And I thought that was so funny. And I, can, I didn't really tell that he was gay right there. But no. I can tell, like, this was 20 years ago by the way he, uh, his acting of gay was...
2: Yeah, awful. very flamboyant, yeah. I noticed. yeah, But, like, brilliantly so. Like... <laughs> There was just like a tiny little like arm flip on the hip, and or things if, like that that you would see, and
1: or every once in a while he'll do a full on check out of a dude, and that was about uh, that was about it. Uh, I mean. Okay. I did
2: love that he uh, he pops in the the <laughs> pops up the Sony Disc Man. Yeah, that was awesome. And it goes to town on Labom. Like I was watching it this morning with with Opera Man, as you do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey,
1: Labom." So so, so <laughs> this like, is right. this is what Operman would do if he went to a crime scene. He'd be like, "Hold yeah. on, let me get the Disc Man out." Well, I guess it would not want to be a Disc Man anymore. Not anymore. You know. No. Um, and that was what was so cool about Willem is that, uh, well, his character, Agent Smecker. Smecker. Yeah, uh, which is an awful name. Right. Awful. Anyway, um so. Uh,
2: FBI it, agent Paul Smecker.
1: Yeah. They made. That's a terrible name. Yeah. <laughs> they made, like, you know, the rest of the police force look like dipshits. And, oh, yeah. And then it was just, if it weren't for uh, this Agent Smecker, they would uh, have just, not figured any of this crap out. No,
2: they had been looking for two huge guys running around.
1: Yeah. It was
2: just like his, his crime, his ability to really like lay out what happened in a crime scene was really awesome. Like somebody put that guy on CSI. Like he really needs to.
1: Well, now is it okay if I kind of jump ahead to what his character ends up doing and being?
2: <laughs> yes, because, go ahead. No, spoilers. Spoilers, oh, spoilers! Well,
1: spoilers! Well, I mean, it's if it came out in '99. I I don't know how we can spoil it any more than that.
2: <laughs> well, I had never seen it, but
1: well, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but so his uh, he starts to. At first, I thought that he started to lose his way when he was having a moral dilemma mm-hmm. um, between. He started saying, okay, these vigilantes are able to do what I can't do. I can't but, get yeah. guys in jail and gone. They're always back. They're always here. And, you know, just this gaudy esque you know, untouchable of right. these criminals. So I think that he, so they, that's what they were showing him as, um, you know, th- this dilemma. And so then he starts to, he decides to start siding with the, um, well,
2: I think he also recognizes that they're really only out to take out evil people. They don't hurt innocents. They're not. They're not trying to just be murderers. They're actually taking out the people who are making our world a more terrible place.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I initially thought, but now I'm starting. When I watched it again, mm-hmm. I thought that maybe his moral dilemma. It, so he, maybe this dilemma that he had was actually like some kind of cognitive dissonance because he used to be able to, like at the beginning of the movie, he could tell you everything that was happening. and Right. Events.
2: Then and he would lose the, it.
1: Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he stopped being able to. He couldn't figure out what was going on. He was like, okay, this is an international mob or he, the logical sense of things that he is used to and what he knows how to pick. He mm-hmm. started having the wrong explanation of what happened. And I think that may have driven him to this, well, if it's wrong, then then he had the moral dilemma, not necessarily just the moral dilemma on its own right. Right. So that it was something was off with his straight and narrow and knowing what's going on. And so it just flipped a switch in his head where he's like, well, then everything's wrong.
2: Well, I think part of that also, um, when he found Rocco's finger, right, he finds the finger and he fingerprints it, and he realizes who it is, and then he recognizes that that guy is friends with the McManus brothers, who he really liked.
1: Yeah, you could tell there was a genuine uh, enjoyment of of them.
2: Yeah, like he really, really liked them. So I think finding out that these guys were behind it kind of almost threw him off his rocker as well, mm-hmm. because again, you have that cognitive dissonance of I really like this person, but they're doing these things that are outside the law but they're taking out bad guys, so, you know, that I think if you, do.
1: like, that he can't do, he's not been yeah. able to take out these bad guys, or he wouldn't have a job, right? He's right. in charge of the mobs and everything in, in, uh, Boston. So, right. Yeah, it, I thought it was an interesting character, and I thought that the, I could see him, like, maybe letting some stuff slide, but then to, towards, uh, towards the end, he actively was involved. He actually oh, yeah. dressed it up Dressed oh, up. God. dressed up like a prostitute. Don't do it. Dressed again. in drag.
2: Oh my god. I made pa- I, I had to stop because uh, Opera Man was on the phone whenever that part was coming up, and I had to actually like pause it and wait for him to get off because oh, I was like you, seen it. you can't unsee this. No, he'd never seen it.
1: Oh well I was like,
2: you have to see this, you will <laughs> never unsee Willem Defoe in drag. And
1: sadly he looks no better as a woman. Yeah, so yeah. he has very striking features and they don't really work in either gender very well. Mm-mm. Very
2: sharp, <laughs> angular.
1: Yes, but he makes a good villain. And he was, you know, he could still, you know, you don't have to be attractive. That's not everybody's ballpark, Willem. He's obviously a good actor. <laughs> well,
2: I think uh, after he kills the guy in the bathroom and he starts going too far, too far, <laughs> then I just, he immediately, like, became the Green Goblin. Like, that. <laughs> Like, that that's where the snap Well, by the way,
1: Green Goblin was excellent casting for him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so creepy. Yep. It was, like, super creepy and yet super awesome in his flamboyance. And mm-hmm. just his, his portrayal of the character was fantastic. Like, I really, really enjoyed his, his acting. In
1: yeah. That. Well, he is a good actor. And I've seen... Um, I I think that uh, Troy Duffy probably put into uh, be a little bit more um, stereotypical uh, gay in certain spots because yep. I think that I could have probably picked up on it you know especially since they had a scene with him in bed with a man well that that yeah. was a big clue yeah somewhere. yeah it, that did that did seal it for me but like I think that I think it was more. Uh, director decision to do mm-hmm. some of those little things like the hand on the hip swish and stuff yeah then his um oh i hope maybe this is when maybe what, who knows? what does 20 years do i mean i think that in 20 years we are you know uh, that we see these stereotypical uh gay swishes and things like that it's it's almost insulting to our intelligence but maybe it wasn't back then i don't
2: well, know and that was one of the one of the things that i cuz i was taking notes kind of wrote down was that there's a lot of things in this movie that you know again this movie didn't come out that long ago in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. like not as far back as alien or any of those that we've talked about but the like the racial language and then the gay language or you know surrounding it yeah it's it's just very different society now, and that would never fly in a movie today.
1: Yeah, and it, it even was worse on the special features.
2: Well, I bet.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> not on the unrated. I'm just telling you, there was really nothing. To, so whatever y'all had is clearly unrated
1: as well. Yeah, well, it may have been same oh, we movie. Threw, we threw the case away a long time ago. Ah, well, that'll do it. Um, but yeah, there. I I agree there, and you know. Growing up, you know, you're growing up in the 80s and 90s, and you see something from like the 60s and 70s, and it seemed so much different Mm -hmm. than the way things are now. Yeah. I don't see that usually that same differential between stuff I watched in the 90s to stuff that I watch now, except for this movie. I kind of felt like, huh, was this all okay with us back then? Right. (laughs) Right. And maybe
2: it, maybe it wasn't, but I think I think yeah. it was stereotypical of how either how those people because it was really like mostly the mob guys who were yeah. you know with the a lot of the language stuff. But again, was it more that's how they talk, or how that's how we assume they talk? Since yeah. most of those are ethnically based and they all hate each other mm-hmm. that, you know, it just naturally leads to that kind of, you know, that kind of talk. Yeah. But again, you know, I think even back in the nineties when this, you know, it wasn't that big a deal to call somebody by what we would now consider to be a racial slur. Sure. Um, well, maybe the anti-bullying movement wasn't there, you know, like all of those sure. things that we have now really weren't a
1: thing. So, you know what? We should have asked producer Craig this. He was in the Boston in the nineties. We should have asked like, mm-hmm. so was everybody racist? Is that what they do?
2: Right. <laughs> They're all racist. They're
1: yeah. All homophobic right. and racist. Cause that's, it's, uh, I, I just heard him from the other room and he said, yes. Oh, so, all right. Okay. Well, well fair play. Very. <laughs> 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 good. <laughs> and then the, Troy, the, duffy. <laughs> yeah. Here's
2: the other, um, the other major player in this was Eluche. Oh, Duke.
1: no, no, but I don't want to talk about Rocco too. Oh yeah, Rocco. I well,
2: I guess because
1: El Duce is kind of towards the end, but we got to talk yeah. a little bit about Rocco because you know, which every-
2: I think is funny because his name, the actor's name, is David Della Rocco, and he will also be at Comic Palooza this year. But I believe oh, in he the was movie here, that's very I think exciting. Be, I th- yeah, I think he's going to be there. Cool. Um, but <laughs> in the movie, I think his name was David Bella Rocco. Like they just really didn't go well, off.
1: The I it, Charles Duffy wrote the character for him. He was, yeah. he was a comedian. And so he was like, well, he's
2: I, called the funny man. Yeah.
1: He so. he said he couldn't, uh, I remember reading that. He said he couldn't picture anybody else in that, uh, role. And so he gave him the same name.
2: Yeah. I just thought he was hilarious. He's and
1: so funny. Cause you know, a crazy dude like that, right? Everybody well, knows yeah. a crazy dude like that.
2: Well, I, I may or may not be related, um, uh, by marriage to a crazy dude like that. So I'm just going to throw that out there because I was, I was talking to, uh, opera man today and I was like, doesn't so-and-so remind you of this guy? <laughs> just some mannerisms. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I really, so yeah, I, I do. I totally, school. totally do. Yeah.
1: You know, especially like the, the druggies in high school, they all kind of, you know, were mm-hmm. sketchy like that. Yeah. He really reminded me of that, but, um, I, uh, when he when he died, I didn't care that much though, and I no. should have. And it really affected the brothers. So I didn't. He was just maybe he was too funny of a man, or you know, too.
2: Well, I think I think with him, it was to me it was inevitable that he wasn't going to make it out. Like he yes. just
1: wasn't. He was crazy. He
2: wasn't. Well, he wasn't on the mission that they were on. You know, the I mean, and this kind of goes back to plot is you know they they have this divine epiphany mm-hmm. intervention whatever you want to call it. That they need to hunt down wicked men so that the innocent can flourish. Yeah. And, you know, they, they tell this to, to Rocco and he's like, whatever, you know, and I, (laughs) I did write down this, uh, this little scene that they were doing. They were, when they pulled up to, I guess the strip club to go kill off Ron Jeremy's character, which, how funny was he? Um, and Rocco says, you know, he's like me. I know them all. I know all. I know where they live. I know who they fuck. I know blah 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 blah. And he's like, we could kill everyone. And Murphy says, well, what do you think? And Cotter says, I'm strangely
1: comfortable with it. I love that line too. I'm. I love that it was with it.
2: Fantastic.
1: <laughs> I also think it proves kind of the point of this uh, of Troy Duffy's like whole vision is that. You know, what if it was a different dude in the back of that car with a different, uh, you know, set of people or something? And they were like, "All right, I'm comfortable with that." You know, that's the that's the problem with vigilantism. It's like you exactly. be you get to it's too arbitrary.
2: Well, but that's what he said. He's like, "Well, wait, you'll take out these guys, but not these guys. Where, you know, is it a raffle? Like, what are you? Yeah, what I are know. Your, they're like well, it. We it don't
1: it, really it know. a little bit. Yeah, you could. Yeah, that was." I,
2: we okay. don't really know what our what our cutoff is, and
1: let's jump uh, to that scene where he killed the cat, though. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I was Both like the
2: scariest and, and funniest thing I know, ever,
1: and it was those brothers reacted the same way right. I did, sitting it was there. Very like, pulp oh fiction, and that then, was a very, it was very very pulp fiction. fiction. Too. And and then Rocco, like, is it dead? Like it was just, <laughs> it went from it went from. A cat to nothing, like right. instantaneously. Walls flat. Yeah. And then what I... I, thought, I like how they cover it up. Like yeah. like, paste a picture they, they over a the picture, top. A, didn't they put a picture of a cat? I think
2: it was. I don't yeah. really... They
1: just taped a picture of a cat over the blood spare on the wall. And they're like, done. <laughs> it was... That scene was just like, it startled me, and it must have startled everybody, but, you know, and then the actors reacted the exact same way I would have, like, oh, right. my God, you know. Oh,
2: fuck, yeah. <laughs>
1: that probably uh, sobered him up pretty quick. You would think. He's like, oh,
2: bury the God. cat. That, <laughs> that scene you.
1: was hilarious.
2: Oh, and what about the bartender with Tourette's? Oh,
1: I mean, God. And he's, I, yeah, he's, he's like...
2: Ah, from the Paul looks run. at me and goes, is that the old man from Fraggle Rock? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, it may be. I have to look it up.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there were some great characters in this um, in this movie. So it could have even been kind of a character study, which more than a a, a theme of vigilantism, is just, right. you know. um, But I, man... I thought that uh, the, the very specific characters, except for the Tourette's guy, because I don't know anybody currently that has Tourette's, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I know somebody like that. I know somebody like that priest and I know somebody like, you know, that uh, like that cop or the dumb cop that thinks he's a good cop. And oh,
2: how funny is that guy?
1: Oh, he's hilarious. And then remember uh, at the beginning. Make can get coffee.
2: Now I want a bagel.
1: With that must be a cop thing. Like if you if you uh, prove somebody wrong, you have to get them coffee or like a yes. bagel or something yes. like that. That must be their thing.
2: I don't know. But he must have just been at Dunkin' Donuts constantly.
1: Cause- <laughs> and yeah, they would have had Dunkin' Donuts there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, uh, it's. Okay, now that we can talk about it's El Duque, right? El Duque, Duce. Okay, yeah. Duke. El Duque. <laughs> I mean, it's written like El Deuce. So. Yeah,
2: it is. <laughs> but it's El Duce.
1: I mean, uh, I, yeah, El Duque. Actually, that, actually I, and I have a tough time remembering names so that um, yeah. and words. Yeah, yeah words. You know, makes a podcast a great uh, forum for me.
2: Well, he was he was the Duke. Let's just go with that. Duke. All right. Um, so the Duke is basically hired by Papa Joe, who yeah. is the head of the Italian mafia or mob or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, and he's hiring him to take out this idiot Rocco, like this guy who. Well, I
1: was going after the brothers, too. Like. No,
2: he was going after Rocco. He didn't even know about
1: the brothers. He just
2: because Rocco went in oh, Mar- and killed Marco everybody. Rocco got
1: credit for killing all of those yes. people. Okay, I got gotcha. you.
2: Yes, he got the credit for that. I think they they figured out a little bit later that there was more than just him. Um, but yeah, so he hires him to take out Rocco because he's concerned that you know one he's happy right now just killing off their people, but that he could turn state's evidence and totally yeah. destroy you know their entire syndicate
1: exactly and it, it, if he's going to get caught like he's likely going to do that would be the perfect opportunity to then turn him in
2: right so i'm trying to figure out because they pull billy Connolly out of prison and uh, that was they awesome. have him strapped down and like they're seriously rolling him on like a, an apple cart or something Good through truth. the prison yeah because apparently he's too dangerous to even walk on his own
1: accord Hannibal electric the irish yeah
2: elect- there was like that but then all of a sudden he gets paroled. And I'm trying to, did they buy his way out? Did he, yeah, I mean, how, how else did he get out?
1: The I got was that they were responsible for getting him in there, just as they were responsible for getting him out of there. They had so right. much pull cool behind the scenes.
2: But I just thought it was really interesting because, you know, he was talking about this guy. And he said, but he has, you know, he's terrible. He's a ghost. You never find him. Mm-hmm. He'll, t- you know, take you out. He's completely bloody. But he has a code. No women and no children. Mm. Like he was not going to take out women and children, and I think that you know that really speaks to you know when we
1: yeah, guess, we find spoilers it. yeah
2: spoilers we find out that he's the dad of these brothers.
1: Yeah, he didn't the, know
2: either, right? He didn't know either. The only reason that he knew is because he heard the boor, the brothers saying the family prayer. Because you remember when they when they go in and they have blown up the strip yeah. club. Uh, Rocco says, "Oh man, you got to teach me that prayer. It's so cool to say to somebody when you're killing them." And they're like, "Can't, man. That's a you know, father's father's father kind of thing." So, you know, when he walks in and starts saying the prayer, like they all know. Yeah, well, clearly yeah. must be our dad because
1: Oh, because nobody else would know it. And then they, right. that's when he realized, and he was in jail and for something like twenty five years, and so right. it made sense that that's why he was gone for their whole childhood, mm-hmm. and. It also goes to show that, yeah, like you were saying, that clearly there's something hereditary in this, um, in this decision, you know, Known
2: for vengeance, because they said he has a, he has a penchant for whacking wise guys. Yep. It's basically how, uh, how the the old guy in the bathroom, the old retired, mafia, oh, yeah. so, mm-hmm. who's now a bathroom attendant. I was like, how does that?
1: I call don't know, but speech? he knows how to, he knows how to toss a urinal cake. So, yes, yeah, I mean, it really is impressive. That is a skill. <laughs> that's a skill that is learned through, year, through years and years of uh, urinal cakes. T-
2: but again, how how do you go from being like the mafia underboss to the blind guy chucking urinal cakes in a bathroom?
1: Because mafias are like uh, herds of gorillas. You got your silver back until you get <laughs> taken over. You'd, and you still respect them, but you kind of, you know, push them in the back. They're just I
2: guess. the same way. Just an entertaining... Uh, Change of careers.
1: Yep. You got to keep them around so they can answer uh, questions about stuff that happened before you came around. But, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't think they do that in most cases. I think they I, just I think
1: dead. Yeah, I think they're dead. So
2: they I them. Them. It was, I've seen I, Casino. I've seen Goodfellas. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Casino was awesome, though. They're talking. Oh,
2: man. Any movie where they beat Joe Pesci to death at the end, I'm a fan of. I freaking hate that guy
1: all right <laughs> so i want to talk
2: about also um and, and i didn't really catch it the first time around because i'm you know i just didn't catch it mm-hmm. um they're talking at the very beginning when they're in the church the priest is talking about the murder of kitty genovese yes and how you
1: know it was Jen- it, well whatever it's whatever better.
2: um well it's interesting because you know, when, when I first saw it and, you know, they walk up very potently and like, you know, pray and kiss the Jesus. Totally they thought they were going to take the place up. Well, I didn't. I thought I thought that the, he was talking about like their mother. Like I didn't I wasn't familiar enough with the name to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I was like, oh, well, well, that makes sense. And then I start. you know, when uh, Paul was listening to it, me, he goes, oh, they mentioned this Kitty Genovese or whatever her name is um, also in Watchmen. Yeah. so and I think it was a real thing so of and course
1: every psychology class ever
2: I have two degrees in psychology I don't remember this ever um mm-hmm. <laughs> so either that or I've just so, well it could be a bathtub theory that like
1: yeah the the bathtub theory is that you fill up all this knowledge right before the test yeah. and then, and then, then you pull out it. the drain and then it's
2: yeah gone. I, that's that's totally happened um but And I'm sure we talked about bystander effect and things like that. Yeah. But
1: And that's exactly what this that's is. That's
2: what this is. But I don't remember the name, so it doesn't link, like, okay. you know, specific things. So, anyways, I did some research on this. And basically, the murder of Kitty Genovese was a real event in New York City in, like, 1964. Um, she was stabbed repeatedly and raped, and nobody helped her. and. Um, the story goes, or the urban legend goes, that 38 people saw it and did nothing. But apparently that wasn't true. So they had maybe 10 or 12 people who heard something, didn't really see anything. They had two people call the police. The police weren't all that interested. So, you know, they but they've used this as a giant stepping stone, you know, sort Sort of like some recent events that we're seeing pop up where, you know, there's this outrage that, oh, my God, all these people and no one did anything. Which was, again, exaggerated, but still true because, you know, she's dead. Yeah. (laughs) So,
1: I mean, yeah, people automatically assume that uh, uh, somebody else will help. And and, but as soon as you know that this commonly happens, as soon as that's in your head. I'm completely going off subject. But as soon as you know that this is a, a, a natural instinct and it st- sticks into your head, you know to, when it's happening and to stop it. That's why right. you, when they're teaching 9 one you, you point to someone, you say, you call nine one one, You point to them. Right. Z- you exactly. What to do.
2: Don't and, just scream. Say, no, you do this. Because then it actually, you know, puts accountability on someone to get it done.
1: Yeah. And, um, but... So I, I feel better whenever I learn about these things, when I'm troubled by humanity. It's like, look, if you recognize that it happens and it's natural, mm-hmm. you can avoid it when it actually does.
2: Well, and on a bright note, I also read that the guy who actually murdered this poor lady, um, he just died in prison back in March of this year. So, yay, at the age of 81.
1: Yay for the dead guy.
2: <laughs> I, think so given, yeah, I, know. I think he was actually given the death penalty. But for some reason, it was overturned, and they gave him a life sentence instead. And then he busted out of jail, like, a couple years later. He was part of the Attica riots. Mm. um, Busted out of jail, got out, went back on a raping and killing spree or whatever, and then they caught him again, I guess, and put him in for... Two, like uh, two more 15 year sentences on top of his life sentence. So he just died at 81. So we're glad that guy's off the street because apparently he's just a menace.
1: Well, I don't know how much of a menace he was at 81, though. You don't know. Well, I mean, I don't care. I'm glad he's dead. Don't worry. Yeah.
2: 81 <laughs> year olds can still kill you. I got a uncle that's super spry. He's like 83. He'll outlive us all. So, I'm not kidding. He could take somebody down if he wanted. And he's a doctor. So,
1: you know, so you know, you would know. efficiently how to efficiently do it.
2: Yeah, yep. very, very easily.
1: Yeah. So I
2: think we basically but, talked.
1: And then, but yeah, that story, I, I'm sorry to take yeah, okay. the point about Kitty Genov, you know, whatever her yeah. name is, um, <laughs> was that, uh, you know, at the beginning, at the very beginning, that's when they were talking about it. And the priest goes on to say that there is a sin in doing nothing when the crime is being committed.
2: That it's actually worse. He said there are, there oh, are yeah. evil men. But what's worse is the evil of indifference in the hearts of good men. Yes. And, and I think, you know, I think we saw that recently with the Stanford rape case and things <laughs> like that. It's like, do you have just a blatant, uh, blatant indifference? Or do you hop off your bike and kick some ass? You know, like, yeah, and good on those uh, those, the, no. those Swedish guys for uh, exactly.
1: for that. And a little yes. douchebag in a rotten jail. Yeah, for the freaking three weeks. Piece of yeah. shit. Yep. Anyway, okay. Um, so uh, about, uh, when they left, let's see I, if we had Boondock Saints. We wouldn't have to worry about that guy, right? That's exactly right. He is the guy that shouldn't be in the bathroom with you. Not thank uh, you. Not, not transgender, transgender folks, by the way. Yeah. So, um, uh, but when, uh, so when the the uh, the brothers left the church, though, they did say, I think the Monsignor is finally getting the points, almost in, uh, almost showing that they felt like they knew the, uh, the faith more than. Mm-hmm. um then well, the uh, priest you know
2: the fact is they might because yeah. i mean think about how well learned they are obviously language. they know latin yeah
1: so Let's they was
2: russian latin french
1: spanish italian i think
2: yeah so they they got a good they have a, they're better better lingual than i am
1: yeah i mean, i we don't know pick russian though like i mean uh, i mean all the rest of them they're like you know based on latin and mm-hmm. Russian. Wow, that'd be hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: It's not the one I took up in college, that's for sure. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, um, with Paul being in the opera, he has had, like, when he was in high school, he took, at high school and college, he took German, Italian, and French, I think, were all the things, like, the, I could be wrong on French. Uh-huh. Um but he had to take German and Italian for sure, and maybe maybe even a course of Latin, uh, because that's what they sing in mostly. Oh, I see. But this past year, <laughs> he's had shows in both Russian and Czech. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that'd be hard.
2: Yeah, so they were the the memorization on those is a lot harder than uh, anything you're used to. So
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: and all of these, uh, uh, you know, all these people that are like not in the know we don't quite understand all this extra work with something that's not like a romantic language like that, uh, that they're doing.
2: Well, even like I took German in high school and, you know, I still, I can watch Das Boot and go, oh, I recognize four words from my two years of high school German. uh Farfig Nugent. No, I don't, you know, but yeah, you know, something like Russian, like, no, like it doesn't even like German to me because you know English comes from German like a lot of it does. So a lot of stuff just sounds like what it is. Kind of same thing with Spanish and stuff. Yeah. You just Spanish and Italian are similar enough to where if you hear one word, it probably has a a matching word in the other. So
1: yeah, yep. Um. Th- one thing, we didn't really talk about this, though, is the filming style of this movie. I thought it was pretty cool um, how Troy Duffy did it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, So the beginning of each scene, of each major scene, you saw the ending of the story.
2: Exactly. And, and that's what Paul said. Is this a flashback? I said, well, the whole movie's kind of done like that.
1: Well, like, it's almost so it was like the first half of the movie was almost done. Yeah. Different. And as soon as Willem Dafoe went all crazy,
2: he kept doing that. Well, that was the thing. One, they hadn't killed anybody else since El Duce came and, you know, stopped him, took him yeah. out. And, uh, you know, two, the, you know, so there really wasn't any more for him to find. That was kind of his last swan song. And because he got it wrong, because remember, he was like, no, it's six guys with one gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And dum Dumb Officer was like, what if it was one guy with six guns? And he's like, why don't you let me do the thinking? And we're like, oh, you we're wrong. Yeah. Um, but then he gets confirmation from the brothers that, oh, yeah, it was one guy with six guns and he's like geriatric.
1: Yeah, like, I know. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. so They're like, I don't know. But somebody stop him because, you know, he's getting in our way. Like we need to someone needs to find him before he finds us. Yeah. But I did like that because it was very interesting that it wasn't just here's the story and then we get to listen to a cop try to reenact what happened.
1: Yeah.
2: He's I- reenacting it and he's doing it pretty damn well you know the specifics may be different of them hanging from the ceiling accidentally mm-hmm. i knew
1: we'd need the rope yeah well, well yeah i it's really fulfilling when you find out all these questions that you start asking yourself like how the hell did all of this stuff happen mm-hmm. uh, when you actually see how it did happen like even at the very beginning one uh the very first one the scene where uh they kill the uh two Russians uh, with the toilet with the toilet it was so much more fulfilling seeing that how it ended up working out because you could never imagine like how could this how could this right. even start and then um I was like
2: what happened to that guy's ass
1: I know it it's, it's so it is funny. a giant
2: bandage on his ass
1: and then the um and then the exact same thing when they fell through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And shot up everybody on there. That wall. was
2: hilarious.
1: People don't do that. This is like movie sh- shit. This doesn't make any sense. That's
2: what he said. This is bad television. This yeah. this doesn't happen in real life.
1: <laughs> like I saw it on TV. They climbed oh, through the shaft, just yeah. like TV. Yeah, and then he's like, "Aren't you happy we brought that u- useless rope? The rope? Yeah, you said we
2: would never use the rope for anything.
1: Everybody uses rope." <laughs>
2: Well, they used both the the rope and the Rambo knife, which they were completely ragging on each other about, (laughs) which was pretty funny.
1: I I thought that was funny, too. And I I, apparently like just if you have some cash, you can find a room full of weapons like that. I mean, I don't know if they were they were never could never quite be really good guys because they knew where the Irish mob had all of their bad stuff. Sure, sure. Right. Well,
2: but if you live in that neighborhood, probably you just do. Yeah, okay. I, like I would say, if you live in the hood anywhere, you probably know where to go to get stuff, whether or not you would actually partake is, <laughs> is a different story. But, uh, you know, when you live somewhere, everybody kind of knows what to do.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where to go. Well, I don't know where
2: to go either, but that's because you and I were both raised very sheltered, (laughs) sheltered small towns. We were not inner city girls.
1: I guess not. Maybe if I was, I would know where to get myself some illegal uh, rope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know what it reminded me of, though? It was so commando circa 1985, busting into the back of the surplus store and like, Loading up a cart. I was just
1: like, it made how me laugh. Keep the gun on the tripod, right <laughs> sure. there. Like, no, don't you need to travel with this?
2: I know. It's like that is that is not, or even like he had the machine gun and things like. That. I was like, that is not really an on-the-go kind of weapon. It's really much harder to hide large, you know, machine guns and shotguns when you're trying to be mobile and quick. So, yeah. I don't know. I haven't got any killing sprees lately, so it's hard to uh, hard I, to really gauge what, what kind of equipment you need. But hey, you know. Uh, but of course, me being the big nerd that I am, I'm thinking of rope because all throughout the Lord of the Rings, Sam's like, I just wish I had some rope. I should have <laughs> brought some rope, and then the elves give him rope. So, okay. <laughs> like, here's your elf. It was a
1: weird twist of movies that you just picked there. Too. It was, but
2: again, that's where my nerd brain goes.
1: Yeah, so I would say this is not a traditionally nerdy movie.
2: No, but it was it was good. I mean, I really oh, liked I, it. I,
1: I liked it too.
2: It's not a movie that I would have watched. I think had these guys not been coming to Comic Palooza. Seriously, yes. I mean, I've um, heard of it, and but I'd heard of it, but for some reason, I think my brain always mixed it up with that lock, stock, and two smoking barrels which my ex-husband and I attempted to watch on one occasion, but it was so terrible we turned it off within minutes. And I'm sure somebody's going to tweet me, like, hey, movie's the best thing ever. But I couldn't even get into it. So I think my brain mixed the two up. So I was just like, oh, I'm not watching Boondock Saints, whatever. So I'm glad that I did, though. I
1: I am, too. I I liked it. And now I get a lot of the... um a lot of uh jokes that i didn't know about before oh you know like uh, the the tattoos that the brothers have the veritas on one of them and the other one says equitas uh-huh. and that's like truth and justice what that means yeah i i know somebody that was showing off some crappy got and it had veritas and Aquitas, and he's like look look i'm like cool like, that yeah. yeah that's latin pretty. cool well so now now i know that uh what it was, <laughs> I don't care enough to have a conversation about it with him, though. So who cares?
2: <laughs> You're like, hey, I just got your crappy tattoo. I, yeah, uh-huh. I just
1: got your. I got. I just got that information. Uh, you know, ten years later, but whatever. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah, well, whatever.
2: I still don't care at this point. It's, it's
1: of- there's a lot of things that uh you know you learn much later in life than you should.
2: Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> like bad.
1: you know, uh, <laughs> like uh, I learned I was. Probably twenty five when I uh, learned that the word was foliage and not foliage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, I was reading something the other day about being a uh, like a bookworm, uh-huh. and one of them is that you know big words because you read them a lot, but you've <laughs> never heard it. You can't pronounce it because you've never heard it said out loud.
1: Yes. Oh, you know that that reminds me of my um uh my uh my grandmother's twin sister. Um, she was in school and she had to read aloud, and um, she read uh the word fatigue as um like you would as a French word, um, like, uh, fatigu, you know, yeah. uh, you know, like Montague. Yeah. And, and the teacher was like, all right, stop trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma remembers that from all these years later, like from fragile, he must be Italian. <laughs> I think
2: that says fragile. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can get that. But so, yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause I see those words or even like, okay. Like when you read, um, like you read Twilight or Harry Potter or any of those trying to come up with some of those names that are foreign to American ears. Yeah. It's very difficult. Oh, like, yeah. um, A one shame. of the, one of the vampires in, uh, uh, the last Twilight book, her la- her name is spelled S I B O H A N. And you're like Sibahan, but it's Siobhan.
0: Oh, is how well, it's
2: pronounced. It's
1: Irish. My cousin's name is.
2: Yeah. So I would know. i I don't well, my come cousin. didn't anybody named that, so I had no idea how to pronounce it. So you're like, "Oh, Sibihon, that's an interesting person." But
1: yeah, well, <laughs> uh, Sean uh, Seamus is always mm-hmm. screaming out, really. "Oh yeah, Seamus, Seamus!" So yeah. Seamus,
2: one's... Hermione, like trying to trying Hermione to come up with any Clark. of those names, yeah. like
1: eh, I don't
2: know. Yeah, and it's... now they're all second nature because we've had the movies that have told us how to pronounce them. So. Yes,
1: I know it's cheating, and um, it's the same with a. Um, a Ready Player One. Mm. It's easier, you know. Oh, yeah. The audio book, you can say those av- avatars' names now. Well,
2: exactly. It's like H. And then I'm looking at it in the thing, and it's A-E-C-H. I was like, what?
1: Yeah. No. And so I was yeah. listening, and, and I was picturing that as just the letter H. The letter H. Yeah. Yep. Me
2: too. And same thing with Artemis. I mean, he does talk about how she has the three in there. But again when you since I since we listened to the book rather than reading the book, we you know, we had more clarification on that. And then when I saw it written, it wasn't like, Oh, I know what that is. It was like, What the fuck does that mean? Like it was it was a little more confusing. So But now I'm trying to imagine what I would have thought the guy's name was if, you know, I had read the book and it was like, H.
1: you know, I couldn't get into um the uh, The girl with the dragon tattoo. Because of all of those names, I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh done. I cannot figure out any of these names." You
2: know, I have had that problem. Like, I love Hunt for Red October. It's one of my favorite movies ever, and I've seen it a hundred thousand times. I tried to read the book, and you literally skip half the book because I just skip right through the Russian names. Like, I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> just skip right over it. <laughs> it's like I I know there are too many consonants, and I don't know what that letter is. Like I Isn't don't. It, you it.
1: said that you you change the words in your head to like Bob, and you'd be Sometimes, like, so yeah. so Bob did this, and you're yeah. like, right, that's Bob. Yeah. You Sometimes
2: know. I do that because I I just can't. If I can't figure it out, it it stops me. It pulls me out of the book, and okay. that it does no is no bueno for reading. Uh, I think I was telling producer Craig one time how much I hate like footnotes in books.
1: Oh yeah, because he <laughs> full of footnotes.
2: Yeah, I was just I I I really don't like them. And And now that I'm reading ebooks, I really, really don't like them oh, and they, because they now have, you gotta skip to, ahead a hundred pages to find you know to list, look at the footnote and come back and hope you get back on the right page um and I don't like them just because it again it takes me out of the story like when I'm writing my book, I don't have footnotes, all the asides are right there in parentheses or you know something because. I don't want you to have to stop reading to understand what I want to say. Yeah. Just because it's not part of the main story. It's an aside and here it is. So
1: I like how um, William Golden did it in Princess Bride. He just says, like, I'm going to just start. Ta- when I talk yeah. to you, I'm going to talk to you in italics. That's yep. like, no, it's me. Yep.
2: <laughs> That's exactly. well, a good way to do it. You
1: know, I like it. It is. Yes. Did you
2: see he liked us on Twitter the other day? That was kind yes. of
1: cool. Yes. Very awesome.
2: I, I I couldn't figure out if it was actually him because it didn't seem to be a verified account. But yes. I'm going to go with it. And we also uh, got a like on our tweet about our Lamb Book Club from the author, Christopher Moore. Yes. So was that was
1: hiding. super cool. Well, like, yeah, so whoever his intern is that's out there liking. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the... <laughs> We're <laughs> fans. We feel perfectly well he's not doing it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not. He's eighty-four years old. But uh, so yeah. So um,
1: you know, I I kind of talked about this earlier. The the filming of this movie. I'm going back to the movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> God forbid. What? God forbid you talk about it on a movie episode. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I felt that the whole movie though started out great. And then the the latter half just kind of correct nah. until the three months later, and then I mean that was a good spot I think when El Duke du- du- when the Deuce <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: when
1: when they all came back to kind of um uh, kill the guy in the yeah. in the courtroom, which I I felt that that was a cool scene. It
2: was a cool scene, but did, like, were you catching out Willem Dafoe's uh, facial expressions as he's watching this? Yeah. Like, he's the one that lets them in. Yeah. He knows what's going to happen. Like, they've perpetrated this so that it happens. So, I guess they're sending this message out there that, hey, if you're a good person and you're just barely crossing the line, just watch it. You know, if you cross it too far, we're going to come after you. Yeah. But, and, but then I'm watching him watch this and his first, he's got this like look of glee and then it just starts to sink in. I think that, oh my God, these guys are murdering people in a courtroom, blah, blah, blah.
1: I know it was, it was almost like, uh, like I was saying the a, a character study on him yeah, like yeah. This is when this man loses it mm-hmm. and where he has his psychological break and I see it right there and not earlier when he dressed in drag and, you know, when yeah. the, um, Uh,
2: That was still part of the psychosis right there. Yeah,
1: exactly. But I think right there at the end, that was the, I have two contradicting things in my head and I cannot, um, I can't reconcile them.
2: Well, right after that is when they announced the world's largest manhunt for the saints kind of thing. And so my question would be, and I haven't seen the second one to even know if any of the characters come back. I have no idea. Um, But my question would be, who's leading the manhunt? Yeah. Is it him? Who knows?
1: So, Are you going to watch the second one? Sometimes uh, when I watch the second when it ruins the first one for me.
2: That's and, that's kind of how I am. Like, I, I think that way about, like, the Matrix. Like, I should uh, never have watched past the first I, one.
1: I agree. The Matrix got ruined and also X-Men 3 ruined one and two for me.
2: Well, you know, it, some of those things just kind of, like, wipe out everything that was done on the first one. And it's like, what's the point? Like, yeah. that was a really good, you know, and... and I think that something like Star Wars could have gone that way, except it didn't like it went pretty awesome in the opposite direction, but at least the original trilogy, let me preface that Um, because they really did. Like when they filmed Star Wars, they filmed it as its own movie because George Lucas didn't know if he would ever get funding to do any more movies. So there was like a beginning, a middle and an end, right? That could have just been the movie and that would have been it, but they were able to come back and, you know, leave Empire open for the next chapter. and Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, I, yeah I think I would. I don't think I'm going to watch the second one.
2: I don't think so either. Oh, let me ask you about this. What do you think about using a hot iron as your first aid kit?
1: I Oh, <laughs> I don't think they actually get hot enough to do it, though.
2: Well, they had it on the fire. They didn't. It wasn't uh, the iron uh, itself. Uh, I noticed this time I around remember that they I was, had it on the open flame.
1: I was remember I was making fun of him. It was like, We're so, packing so, the like you're the iron. You're freaking out and you pack an iron, and I'm like,
2: packed his. Uh, he packed his records and he packed an iron, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. like who is who is this to what, have their go to? Yeah, you, you know, bug you out bag. You on the run, you know? My bug out bag and the the Steely Dan album and uh, an iron. What would be in your, let's see.
1: I think I would have, I would just stuff my pugs in a, in a bag and then like, there we go. I got to go.
2: Well, I'd have to have my laptop or something that had my music in it. Grab the dogs. Yeah. Our, Maybe grab the hard drive out of my computer. That'd be about it.
1: Our fire alarm went off. Oh, and
2: Paul. I would take Paul.
1: Well, he, he doesn't fit in a bag.
2: He doesn't. And you know what? He's got to have the responsibility to take care of his own self. He's got his
1: own bag too. Yeah. Sorry. But, uh, our fire alarm went off earlier and I was like, and I, you know, I kind of knew that, uh, it probably was a false alarm because, right. uh, we were clean, they cleaned out the uh, trash chutes and it was setting off the alarms probably cause like mist got up into some places. Yeah. And, um, and they did that all week. And so then today it went off and I'm like oh I'm not even going to go outside <laughs> like, I just, like, eh. and I was thinking well what would be in my go bag I'm like well maybe I'd want to like put some clothes on <laughs> like, <laughs> you, know, I just, you
2: don't want to live forever in the one pair of pajamas I, you have on I
1: was like yeah I was just not motivated so maybe I should come up with an emergency bag somewhere just in case
2: probably. But having a good bug out bag is not a bad idea. I've got a friend who keeps, uh, she's actually been on the show before, Eileen keeps uh-huh. a bug out bag in her car just in case, but it also works out well when she and her kids want to go like camping on the fly or whatever. And she keeps a tent and things like that folded up in her car, like a small one. And I used to have a <laughs> baseball bat in
1: my car. I don't know why. Like, I never played uh, baseball anymore when I mo- after I moved down here. Well, softball, it was a softball bat. Right. And, um, I don't think it made it through the accident, the car accident. Mm. But I mean, I just had it in the back of my car. I'm like, well, one day I'll need it. And it just, just like
2: the club. Back when I used to have the club Oh, well, yeah, yeah. that but, thing for anything.
1: That was um the, so you could lock your uh, thing for lock the, the steering
2: oh. wheel. Yeah, you I'm don't like I drive an $8,000 car. Who's breaking into my car? <laughs> the club is worth more than my car.
1: Yeah. Oh, I remember the club.
2: Oh things that started out as infomercials <laughs> and then just became part of our society.
1: So. Yeah. Let's see. What what was your um favorite scene in the movie, do you think? Oh, um let's see. That's tough. Yeah. I liked the falling through the ceiling. Yeah. But I also liked Willem Dafoe in that scene where he's doing the river dance on the on. Yeah, the,
2: that was that was pretty oh, funny. That's funny. Well, that's part of the same scene,
1: though, really, because that's yeah, it he's, is, and, it's just later.
2: Yeah, it's in the same scene. Um, I would say I really, strangely enough, liked when they're just sitting around talking, and then uh, Rocco blows the cat away. Oh my God. I mean, it was horrifying, but it was still just a bit of like comedic genius. And again, very Pulp Fiction. It's very... Why did you shoot him in the face? Well, I didn't mean to. Holy shit,
1: you know. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. That scene was just... Oh, my God. Uh, uh, You probably would appreciate the shower scene, though. That was in the... the, the, There was
2: a shower scene as well.
1: Yeah. Well, it was part of the phone call with... Ah. Like, they were talking to their mother on the phone, and one of them was in the shower, and it's like, Oh, you're talking to Mom? And then... The mom was being all weird and, you know, it was St. Patrick's Day, so she was all drunk. Uh, Mm. And, um, and so she was, and then it was just really funny. I found. Yeah, I'm
2: going to have to look on YouTube or something and see if they have the deleted scenes on there.
1: because you want to look at the deleted scene first with the late the fight that they got in with the lady in the, um. Uh, the lady in the uh, meat packing plant. Right, right. And because it fought, goes right into the next scene where they're talking okay. to mom because there's something about that scene that makes the other one more applicable. So um, basically she knees him in the balls. So if, in case you... Um, no,
2: she did that in the the regular movie. Yeah, okay. She, well, she kicks Connor in the balls and then uh, Murphy punches her in the face.
1: Yes, okay. So that spot you were able to see. So then it mm-hmm. makes sense that that's to leave the scene with the shower scene. One of them has ice on these junk.
2: Ah, Ah, well, that makes I, more sense. Yeah.
1: So, but it's that's a good deleted scene. Very
2: cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> may have to watch that one with my sister. <laughs> it, it
1: added nothing to the movie. Yeah, eh, that's why it's deleted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sometimes it's just there for us because you know what here's here's something that we didn't talk about, but you know probably don't need to, but this is a guy movie, right? This it, is it, totally it, a boy movie. This movie would not even remotely come onto the radar of the Bechtel test, right like yeah. like we have no named females at all in the movie, really, the only females we see are Rocco's crazy junky girlfriend and her friend and they barely talk I mean they're barely even conscious. And then we've got the stripper who's basically passed out and Rocco's feeling for oh. naked boobs.
1: Oh, speaking of the stripper, there was another stripper. There was another uh deleted scene where the stripper goes, I am getting out of the porn and she's crying on Willem Defoe's anything um uh shoulders. She's like I'm getting out of the porn industry. I don't care who I have to blow to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that's how you do it, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: so funny. So yeah, I they they cut out some funny stuff in, yeah. in um scenes, but so I, I did watch those. Oh, you know, one th- funny thing about this movie is IMDB said it, it the film, as it released in the theaters, said the word fuck or its derivatives 246 times.
2: Well, it was probably that uh, Tourette's bartender. Yeah. Well, I
1: think a lot of it, too, was Rocco when he was freaking out in yes. the room where they killed all the guys. I killed
2: him all. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: funny. And he was like, well, at least he he said something like, well, at least he shows the usefulness of the word because he said it so many times. Right,
2: exactly.
1: Oh, Yeah, that was funny. But, you know, uh, I think the year before um, South Park, uh, Bigger, Longer Uncut came out mm-hmm. in the movie theater, and I They had, used it quite a bit. They you they had to use it more than two hundred forty six. That was horrifying. That. I, I was in ah. Utah when I watched that and like yeah I, I always used to joke because I went to like this linguistics class in um in uh, at the University of Utah and so there's gonna be a lot of Mormons there. I mean there's Mormons in Utah, you know, surprise. Right. And so I'm in this linguistics class and we're watching a video and the video is about different dialects around the country. And of course, they end up in Boston for one thing. And there she's like, I, you know, I prefer to use uh, the word fuck because it's so useful. Like, fuck you, you fucking fuck, blah, blah, blah. You know, And she's with mm-hmm. a thick Boston accent. And the people in my class were like audibly, you know, and I was just taking notes because I was just doing my reading in the class right. at the same time. And I didn't, it didn't even register that they just said the F word like 18 times. (laughs) And
2: uh, it doesn't register for me at all. I use it in my writing and all this stuff. Like, it's just a word. Like, I don't see it as a, yeah, it doesn't pop up to me as an issue word until someone brings it to my attention. Like, uh, a friend of mine was reading one of my blogs that I had written a while back and and she's like, oh, I loved
1: your blog. I just can't believe you used the
2: F word. Now, she uses it. Like, I'm not saying she oh. does it, but I guess she couldn't believe I put it in my blog. And I'm like... It's like, I, put
1: it in writing?
2: It's yeah. Just, I was like, but have we met? Like, it's in all my writing. I don't understand. Also but not. the the article the article I'd written was about weight loss. And so I was like, which F, F word? Fuck or fat? Because mm-hmm. I'm more offended by fat than I am fuck. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. So... I just thought it was it was an interesting something, you know. I and probably I, the only time anyone's ever brought it to my attention that it like shocked them to see,
1: yeah.
0: But I, I
2: just it's it's a non. I don't know. I guess I just well, wear casually and it's not a big deal. Well,
1: so. that's why I was so surprised um, when I saw bigger, longer, and cut. Uh, how oh, much it was ow. out there, and I'm like, holy shit! This is. I mean, and I have no problem with the word, and I was like. Okay.
2: Uh, well, that's the thing. I swear like a fucking sailor and don't care. And I was offended at this movie. Like I went my ex-husband and I went to see this movie. And the whole premise, if you have not seen this movie, is that the South Park kids get someone to take them into a rated R movie and they learn all these bad words and stuff. We were in the movie theater. We, my ex-husband and I, were the only ones in that theater who were old enough to drive, let alone get into they, a rated R movie.
1: Mine it was in Utah. They took my ID when I bought the tickets and when I walked into the theater.
2: See, there were kids everywhere. Yeah. And this is the only, I'm not even kidding, this is the only movie in my entire life that I have actually gone and asked for a refund.
1: Really? I went yep. bought it on VHS.
2: Wow, I did not. Because I... I'm telling you, the Saddam Hussein live-action dick with the devil, it yeah. totally, that was it. I, my brain froze. We stayed for the whole movie, but I actually went and asked for my money back, and it's the only movie in history that I've ever done that with.
1: Oh, I loved it. I don't Ugh. know. I thought it was Terrible. funny as shit.
2: Ugh. Still can't watch it. I see it pop up every once in a while. I'm like, nope, not. Ugh, gross. <laughs> And I liked South Park. Like we were big South Park fans. That's why we went. And after that, I don't think I've watched a single episode since then. You know I'm what? kidding. Uh,
1: you know what's a good full length feature cartoon movie? Is that Simpson movie? That was freaking funny.
2: The Simpson movie was funny. It's oh. spider pig. Spider pig. Yeah. Does whatever a spider pig does. Yeah, that's fantastic. <sighs> I, don't
1: know.
2: I like. I like those. I like the robot chickens that they've done for um
1: oh the star wars
2: one star wars one they also did a super like a dc version of one i can't remember what it's called but it's pretty funny it's the one where they've got like aquaman is you know so tired of getting
1: you know oh
2: yeah you know whatever that he like joins the the league of bad guys or whatever they're called and uh yeah yeah, so (laughs) so boondock saints gonna be at comic palooza very exciting i think their panel i've is on Sunday, so. yeah.
1: But it always changes, and so you you always yeah. double check those. Um, if you get the app, they'll send you a an alert if it's on your schedule.
2: Yeah, the Comic Palooza app is fantastic.
1: Oh, it's so fantastic! It's really
2: good. I've gone through and put in the different uh, the different things that I want to see and do. And this will be our last, I believe, episode before Comic Palooza. Um, we just aren't going to have enough time to get any more out. I think uh, so. Definitely check it out. Come see us. We'll be on that women in podcasting panel two o'clock on Friday,
1: two 30, I think, Two thirty. just, but uh, just go ahead and it's check on the schedule. It. And, um, um, I would, if you see anybody wearing a nerdy bitches pin or a t-shirt, come talk to us. It's probably going to be us.
2: Yeah, it'll be uh, us. It may be some of our friends of the show who may be handing out stickers. Yeah. We have that.
1: giveaways that we'll give you that, uh, it, there's a couple giveaways that are even better than stickers and they're pretty awesome. Yeah. So, um, um, if you see us, come talk to us. Uh, there's also a, a, an after party uh, both nights Friday and Saturday uh, at Neil's Bar that I am going to attend
2: and, to
1: uh, see that one. Oh yeah, yeah it's a, I'll invite you to the invite. it's like it's not it's not like a exclusive. They're actually like taking out the whole street and it's a party. Cool. So it's just it's something Neal's Bar is doing because this is their this is their wheelhouse. Neal's Bar is where uh, all the nerds go. So, uh, uh, yeah, attaching it to Comic Palooza is just a win win. Mm-hmm. So it's instead of us all just going over there afterwards, they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to get a lot of people coming over afterwards. Why don't we do something big? And they knock down the building next door. And I I don't think that was part of this. But then they're and now they're doing a block party. Very cool. So it should be fun. So it's also a nice place to go if you want to wait for the uh, uh parking lots to clear yeah, out. but clear you know out. like 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 i 've said before though a lot of these um uh, uh comics or conventions they don 't end at the exact same time you know i mean they they all end the dealers' rooms end at some things, but then some q and a 's end and and people leave throughout the day, so usually okay,
2: actually i was imp- I was a little impressed when I saw that you know some of the panels go to 10 o'clock or whatever because you've got i saw the one that i really saw was a cards against humanity game i
1: know and Somebody i think has got think set up about 10 to 11 and then craig's going to um, um, rob mungle's thing and i was like i don't know if i can do both of these right um we're taking the dogs to the um borders on saturday because we didn't want to have them struck uh, cropped Stuck up at all, home yeah. yeah all day but man maybe we should take them friday too
2: well, you know, and I'd I'd been thinking about trying to get a hotel room and stuff, but and I've waited too long, and it's you know, like right. the closest cheapest hotel is like ten blocks away. I'm like, eh. I mean, it's still closer than my house, which is twenty miles away, but still,
1: yeah, um, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna probably Uber all the days except for Friday because Craig will already be up there. Right, you're my Uber on Friday. You got to get right. There. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I
2: thought Opera Man has offered to be our chauffeur for the day. So nice. <laughs> I said, but I want you to come to this panel, you know, in case nobody else shows. Up. Yeah, <laughs> you never. Know, yeah, shows.
1: well, I, I I know that uh, it is hard to go get there on Friday afternoon, especially yeah. like um, the, when it used to be on the uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I'm, I heard rumors that it's going to continue to be on Memorial Day weekend in the future, but uh, we don't know that for sure. But with, then it's a little easier to leave on Friday because, like, to You're leave off, yeah, you know yeah. it. It, it makes sense for people to get off on Friday before a, a three day weekend. Yeah. It's a little harder this time. It's like um so I'm I even have to work until noon I think. Yeah. So
2: well that's I'm fortunate enough to work from home, so yeah. that's not a problem. But it's it is a little strange. It's like, I'm gonna take off. What for? Comic book convention I
1: know. That's what it's <laughs> I said. I'm just gonna I'm gonna uh, you know, all, I'm just gonna it. skip lunch all week, and I'm just gonna leave it uh, leave early on Friday, and yeah. they can get yeah. mad at me later. Oh <laughs> well, you're like we were
2: famous fuckers. We don't care.
1: Yeah, that's for like a, eight seconds. For, for eight seconds, we were famous. No, okay. So
2: for for all eight of our of our listeners, uh, <laughs> if you come up to us during Comic Palooza and you find either Heather or myself, uh, you will get an official nerdy bitch button. Uh, or maybe a sticker on the forehead if we run out of buttons. Or if you're super cool, a super fan, you may get something even better. Yeah, it's, it'll be very. Good. You got some fun giveaways, and I think we're going to be giving away stuff to our uh, during the panel. Uh, you know, as long as anybody outside of everybody's husband is there.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I hear. I hear there's some good stuff get, being given away, and I'm. That's right.
2: So that will be uh, one of the one of the ladies on the panel actually owns a comic store, I think, a comics and toys or something collectible. Oh, yeah, she's a, store.
1: Uh, yeah, she's uh, she sells. Um, I don't know if she has an actual storefront. I think she goes to like cons and stuff like that. And sells. Well,
2: either way, she's got stuff. Yep. We have stuff with our logo on it.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you uh, have? Uh, oh, I have an in, t- in context Internet quote this week. Oh, good. Okay, so it's in context, but it's still anonymous. Mm-hmm. I prefer Boone's Farm Saints. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm just going to go back to, uh, I'm strangely comfortable with it.
1: Oh, no, that was, <laughs> I mean, that was a great, uh... It's like no, the best careful. line ever. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, we did have... You, totally
1: wrote, have a beer with the McManus Brothers.
2: Yeah, more than a beer.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, okay. Uh So what we have coming up after Comic Palooza, we're going to try to get back on to schedule as best as we can with recording and getting our episodes out.
1: And our
2: book club. club. Our next book club is World War Z by Max Brooks. So make sure you have listened to the full audio cast of that. Um, I'm not even going to recommend reading it. Just listen to it because it's fucking awesome. Um, And then we have some other... Things coming up which are exciting
1: yeah we'll have a wrap up too of the con yes we will
2: definitely be doing that because uh, we will be there seeing the aliens panel uh, reunion panel the boondock saints reunion panel and then just some other really cool stuff that we can have just an overall con episode after the fact Mm -hmm. just talking about what it was like to be part of that since we're part of the official podcast family um you know, what that looks like and and how much fun we had or how fast it uh, took me to pass out somewhere in a corner Mm -hmm. with a paper bag breathing. They've got to have a panic room there, right? I mean, the whole place can be full of Aspie nerds. How do they not have a
1: panic room? I've I've never asked for the panic room, but I'm sure there's something.
2: Well, we'll have to ask around (laughs) and see if they've got a panic attack.
1: There is a a, a first aid uh, room uh, for your cosplay. Oh. uh, Like, that has Band-Aids and shit in there. Yeah. Um, and safety pins and whatnot. Uh, well, that's, it, so that's uh That's probably a good spot to go. Eh, I'm not I, I personally like to just go to the empty panel rooms because there's like uh, 300 panel rooms in there, and there's only at most 100 panels going on, so you'll find some.
2: Yeah, it, didn't, it looked like they were all in one kind of area from the map that I saw.
1: Yeah, they're upstairs.
2: Yeah. But that's why I was kind of like, oh, I do wish I had a hotel close by just
1: in case, you know, you need somewhere to chill out for a little bit or just or just to put down your stuff. You yeah, that, be- that I don't think we're going to have. I think you're yeah. towing it, towing it around. Yeah. So you get a wagon. You yeah. get
2: one of those like convertible wagons, the ones that fold up. That would be mm. good.
1: Yeah, it would work. Yeah. Carry me. I gotta-
2: <laughs> and... uh, uh- <laughs> Uh, I had an idea and I think uh, that we've agreed upon this, that we are actually going to try to attend panels on things that we really don't have any interest in, but are just have maybe a morbid curiosity about. Mm -hmm. And then we can come back and discuss those in our post panel show.
1: I've done that before. I went to the cryptozoology one and I really didn't have any interest in cryptozoology, but now I kind of do. I mean, Well,
2: like the to... one that I want to go see, I really have no interest in, but uh, I'm morbidly curious about what the hell these people are into, so.
1: I also saw the, um, I also went to the uh, belly dancing one and learned a little bit about the belly dancing. That was fun. That was You're awesome. having
2: belly dancing lessons at this one.
1: Well, that's the one, that's the one I went to yeah. a couple years back.
2: I saw they also have a uh, Learn to Draw in 30 Minutes, one of the comic book artists. Is oh,
1: it, that would be fun. I'll that. Yeah.
2: So. And they're actually, um, they have quite a few writers panels. So I'm actually probably going to sit in on several of those,
1: so. I you know, and I mean, it sounds terrible, but that's also a nice place to sit and relax is the, yeah. panel, because a lot of them, uh, you know, there's so many and you can just go and sit in the back and, and just kind of, uh, decompress a little bit, mm-hmm. um, Sometimes, uh, but a lot of the panels become like not just the people up at the front speaking. It's becomes yeah. the audience, and the, and everybody kind of talks back and forth. Because I got really defensive about a um, uh, uh, star uh, Star Trek movie um, <laughs> at one of them because I was like, "You're saying there's a flaw in the logic, and there's not. This is why." <laughs> <laughs> And then Heather was removed forcibly. I don't mad. Nobody gets mad at those things. (laughs) But I mean, and we, and some people, you know, I found in a lot of those panels, some people love River Song and some people hate River Song. (gasps) I know. River Song loves crazy people. Actually, I, from what I hear is a lot of people didn't like her at first and then started to like her later. And, uh um,
2: well, you know, when he first met her, she already knew him. So it's kind of a, it is, it was a little bit of a, who is this bitch? Like what the fuck is happening? And then, you know, as we see her more, you just have to grow to love her because she's amazing.
1: So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, so I guess we're going to see everybody at the con. Yes. Um, see us. Find us. Let us know if this Skype was, uh, you know, if it was, sounded funny or it was too jarring or if it sounded just fine and you didn't have any problems with it um yeah
2: this is not our norm and it's definitely yeah. something new for us uh, mm-hmm. and we just want to see how it goes because maybe we can record more often or we just need to get back together in the you know comfort of our studio
1: yeah all right we'll see, see you next week see you guys
0: Music provided by www.bensound.com. And please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com.
1: Not everybody hates each other.